Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his hip, but he really couldn't have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. Episode 151, we are here, we are live once again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited to continue to push Pancakes and Power Slams as we do every week. Thank you so much for continuing to um, support us throughout 151 episodes. Can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? 151 episodes. Last week we celebrated a monumental 150th episode with our boy, JTG. And oh, was it a fantastic, fantastic interview. He was the the guest host for episode 150. And, oh, it it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for continuing to um, just popularize Pancakes and Power Slams for people to be interested in in wanting to guest host uh, the the show. And uh, so much buzz going on around the show, especially for this week and the comments that JTG made about the WWE and how he uh, had a bunch of cliffhangers uh, during the interview, uh, he's, he looks like he's got a juicy book coming around. So I'm I'm really excited about that. So I, I definitely encourage everyone. I know I'll I'll be I'll putting my hands on that book for sure. And I, I just I encourage everyone who's listening, which is quite a bit of people who support the uh, pancakes and power slams, uh, the revolution, and just just go support go support JTG. 
I mean, the, the guy's a, a fantastic hand, fantastic uh, wrestler in the ring, uh, very elusive, very quick guy, and uh, de- de- deceptively big, deceptively big guy. I remember when he first really started wrestling, he was a bit smaller than he kind of evolved himself to be. I know that's uh, one of the one of the biggest things uh, as far as a uh, this kind of an overhaul. Uh, he got bigger, and I know he partnered up with. Uh, I know he uh, worked with uh, with Tyler Rex a lot. With uh, I mean, he was always a pretty pretty uh, you know uh, ripped up guy. But as far as the, some 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 meat, <laughs> some some uh, some uh, you know extra added meat to him as far as. Uh, um, just bulkiness is concerned. Um, I know that he was working with uh, Tyler Rex for for a bit for with the Body Spartan, and yeah, man, I, you know, I, <laughs> uh, Tyler Rex uh, and I follow each other on Twitter and uh, yeah, and Facebook as well. And yeah, I'll be seeing all types of pictures and stuff like that. Is I mean, that guy is a workout machine. Tyler Rex is so. Anybody partnering up with him, I'm sure that uh, they're in for a treat. And so, yeah, man, JTG, you know, major, major kudos to JTG. A fantastic choice to guest host episode 150. And, hey, 50 more episodes to go before 200. But what exactly is in between episode 150 and 200? Quick guess, quick guess. Okay, our three-year anniversary show is on deck, ladies and gentlemen. About six weeks out, we have a legend, a legend confirmed for the show. Now, here's the thing. Me and my journalistic abilities really had to dig deep for <laughs> for this guy. Uh, and, and, this, and this person, you know, been very controversial over the past uh, 10 years or so, and was a legend, 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 legend. We've talked about him quite quite a bit um, on the show and had some very controversial uh, things to say within the past 10 years. And this guy has have not done interviews in a long, long, long time. So I had to – I spoke with him on the phone. I spoke with his, his wife, and I spoke with him as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we got it uh, locked, stocked, and barreled. We got it sensed in and confirmed, and uh, it, it's it's on, man. And so I'm excited to, uh, speaking of your cliffhangers, <laughs> I'm excited to let you know who this person is in the coming weeks of who's going to be our guest host for, epi- for our two-year anniversary, uh, which will be on April the 7th. So please mark your calendars for April the 7th our two-year anniversary show will happen at that time. And I'm, oh, the, it's going to be a really, really, really exciting, exciting show uh, with this very controversial figure um, that, that will be on the show. So be sure to check in, be sure to, uh, you know, continue to uh, support us throughout the 151 episodes and, and, and beyond. Uh, great, great numbers for the JTG interview that I saw, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited that uh, the, all the support is just overwhelming to me. I mean, I just, 
I'm still humbled, man. I'm really still humbled by just the path that <laughs> the path that just my my passion has led. You know, just wanting to be a writer, just wanting to uh, just affiliate myself with pro wrestling. And, you know, just understanding that I actually had two opportunities to be a pro wrestler. I had uh, two, I think I might have said this on the show before, but actually two different times I was offered contracts to to wrestle in the indies. And, uh, you know, people like come up to me and say, I like your build, you know, I'm a big guy, like to lift weights. I've been a personal trainer, certified personal trainer since 2005, 2006. Uh, so about 10 years, 2005, 2000, uh, you know, so 10 years, certified personal trainer. So I, you know, pe- people like, uh, people who recruit, you know, they, they, they like, they, they like my build. And so, Twice, two different two different indie promotions came up to me before the first time I was an 18 year old kid, and uh, yeah, I think yeah, 18 year old kid, and I was at a local fair, and uh, summertime local fair, it was in the evening, and uh, yeah, I just got stopped. I mean, somebody was like, "Man, yeah, you, you, you look like, uh, you know, you look like you you have a good build, and what do you think about wrestling?" You know, I always wanted to wrestle. That was a, a dream of mine, and I was like, "Whoa, are you serious?" Um, so, you know, at the time, it was the crossroads, and I was uh, in a really, I was I was in a stable relationship. I didn't want to leave that at the time, um, and so I, I rejected it. And <laughs> then, uh, actually, recently, actually, a few years ago, was the second time that I was offered. I was actually at B dubs. Uh and someone came to me and was like, Yeah man, you got a great build and what do you think about wrestling at this promotion? And oh man, I was you know it was really, really tough <laughs> to to say no, but at that time and currently, um, you know, I was married and, and had one kid at the time, now I have two. So yeah, it was, you know, the the family came first and I wanted to Make a decision to to you know prioritize family over over my personal <laughs> uh, passions, um, but you know uh, may, maybe one of these days um, you know everything will just fall into place. Uh, I only got about like one or two years to go before I can make that decision. But to be honest with you, man, you know uh, I've I've I'll be a doctor in two years, so um, I'm really excited about that. And I'm cool with just, you know, journalism and uh, writing about wrestling and having my own radio show that I've had for for three years almost. And um, you know, I've been in I've been in interviews. I've been interviewed by other radio stations. Uh, I've been in a book before. You know, I've been interviewed to be. Uh, uh, and been a part of a, a wrestling book, so I've had a lot of uh, opportunities. I've I've, rest, I've written for for big name companies. I still do write for one, uh, Bleacher Report, and I also uh, am, am a featured uh, editor for RealWrestling.net, which is uh, one of the hottest, fastest rising websites that pro wrestling can 
can lay their eyes on right now. So I know, you know, I've had tens of thousands of people watching this through, uh, listening to this through iTunes and uh, other media outlets that uh, um, that read that that uh, that airs my my show uh, during and and after it, it airs um, live. So you know, just many, many people who who listen to Pancakes and Power Sam's, which I'm incredibly humbled by. So with that being said, everyone who's listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Go check out rearresting.net. They continue to overhaul and just just add more and more cool cool layers onto their website. Um, they're 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 starting some, some wrestling radio uh, brand of their website. So be sure to check that out as well. Um, so hey, if you if you if you host a, a radio show. And want to chime in? There's so many podcasts out these days. I'm glad that I started three years ago because I think I think about now. You know, I've got some tenure in my show, almost three years old. But hey, I think that right now, within the past year, I would say would probably be the worst time to start a podcast from from scratch because I maybe mean, we've got some heavy, heavy, heavy hitters doing podcasts now. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course. Uh, you have Colt Cabana, of course. Uh, you, you've got Chris Jericho. So you know, there's those are probably the three most popular wrestling-related podcasts that there are. Goldberg has a podcast, and so uh, Taz has a podcast. He just started his podcast, and uh, rumor has it that Ric Flair's on deck for. <laughs> for uh, starting his own podcast as well. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of podcasts going around these days. So uh, I'm so happy that uh, I started mine three years ago and got some tenure in it and got some some, some good momentum with a bunch of interviews over the past three years uh, with uh, some, some ROH stars, some TNA stars, WWE stars, some indie stars as well. I had an interview from OVW. Uh, I had uh, another interview from uh, my boy Onyx, who uh, is, uh, wrestles in a lot of NWA territories and uh, has m- multiple championships throughout uh, many NWA territories. So, I mean, yeah, man, just continuing to to enjoy uh, Pancakes and Power Slams. I'll tell you what, speaking of former interview uh, interviewees, uh, Crimson uh, is is uh, making a name again in uh, TNA, and I, and I interviewed uh, Crimson shortly after his uh, TNA departure. I was uh, I was actually his first interview after his uh, TNA departure, and uh, really really good interview, really really good interview that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but yeah, man, uh, him and uh, Drew, uh, well Drew Galloway formerly known as Drew McIntyre. Um they had they, they, it seems like they're they're forming a team which uh, should be pretty interesting. Um I was thinking more of a Magnuson McIntyre type thing since they're both British. Um but, you know, Crimson and Drew Galloway uh seems like a pretty interesting team to at least at least be interested in. So I'm interested in the Galloway 
and Crimson tandem, and I think that uh, it would be a good good dose to TNA, which as a whole, I mean, the Destination America move, the hype behind it was pretty good. Uh, the music is cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I watched TNA, and because I'm a journalist, because because I you know write about pro wrestling, I, I watch everything, all wrestling, every wrestling that's on TV. Um, but uh, man, I tell you what, I I'm not a big fan of. Um, of uh, of TNA's writing at this point in time. I know I know uh, uh Gabrurik who uh John Gabrurik that uh, used to be one of the uh, producers in WWE, one of the lead producers in WWE. Um for those who don't know him still, he was uh kind of the the head guy as far as the the, the, the lead uh, go-to guy for the uh, Tough Enough, for the WWE Tough Enough, especially the first season, uh, you really got an opportunity to uh, to see um, John, Big John. And so, yeah, he... He he was uh, with uh, WWE for a for a long time, and he did, and you know some some things happened, and he left WWE and uh, became uh, one of the the lead uh, executives for TNA, and so he's bringing in some 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 names, uh, some names we can you can actually do without like you know, all due respect, I don't think Tyrus really has. A good spot at all in TNA. EC3, I think that was a good acquisition. I think you know. Speaking of uh, EC3, I mean, I'm not a big fan of EC3. Uh, I think he, I don't think he's as good as people pump him up to be. But I tell you this though, uh, from Derek Bateman, <laughs> EC3 has made leaps and bounds from uh, where he used to be. He was a NXT mainstay uh, for quite some time when he was Derek Bateman, and they didn't have anything to do with the kid. And and you know, fortunately, TNA you know decided that he was a good talent and and really made him a star. And I'm really really happy about that. So kudos to to TNA for doing that. But I mean, I mean, it's just still something about the product. That just seems dated to me. I, I don't. I don't. I just don't know what it is. Uh, I like the fact that they're, you know, having Lashley as the guy. You know, I, I can respect the fact that they're really making him a star and making him champ. I get it. I can respect it. Uh, I don't know what. It, I think maybe the the lack of pay per views definitely. Um, is is something that's probably a, a a reason why people can't really buy into TNA, <laughs> literally, I, I suppose. But you know, you have one of your biggest pay per views of the year last year, um, Bound for Glory, be in Japan, and your world champion, nor your <clears throat> neither your world champion nor your tag team champions were a part of your biggest pay-per-view of the year, Bound for Glory. 
You had a, a partnership with Russell One, with Muda. I get it. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with the partnership with Russell One, but it's in Japan, and uh, you know the. <laughs> If it wasn't for the American crowd, you wouldn't be where you are now. But you have a pay-per-view that was taped. You have a pay-per-view that was taped, that was aired, you know, (laughs) within the lag of Japanese versus American time that people, you know, the dirt sheets just was had their hands all over. So it just kind of took away the, you know, the luster to, uh, or the just the, uh, the interest to want to even watch the pay per view. I mean, with all due respect, I mean, New Japan has a lot of notable names, but Russell One, uh, not so much. I mean, you, you you've got you've got some names uh, that, you know, that that that's notable. But not a lot, and so I I just don't I just didn't understand that at all. And plus, you have a set of tapings, which I believe was in Bethlehem, uh, Pennsylvania at the time. So you have a set of tapings in which the taping that was supposed to go the the, the taping actually the the last taping of the Bethlehem, or one of the last tapings of the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, actually aired after the pay-per-view. So that means the results were already there for the pay-per-view because Lashley came in as champ, and it was he wasn't there, but he was champ after the pay-per-view, which was taped before the pay-per-view it, it was just weird it just weird all over made no sense at all and it was just desperation it, it was just really a desperate move to really kind of keep TNA afloat and you could you could tell that you you could tell that it was really keeping TNA afloat the decisions that they were making in the latter parts of their Spike TV days they were just really trying to stay afloat uh, Destination America was a good decision, was a good idea uh, to partner, uh, you know, to be a part of. And it seemed like there was going to be some some newness, some zest. You know, the Beatdown Clan uh, really kind of launched uh, the move, you know, to to go to uh, Destination America, launched the move. Uh, Kong coming back after you know many interviews saying of her saying that she's not going to you know step foot in TNA anymore. You know, she being she being back and feuding with Havoc, uh, you know, that was cool. EY making the turn, Samoa Joe making the turn, uh, Low Key making the turn on the first night. Destination America seemed like there was some promise to it, but. Then, you know, not too far, you have one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year, uh, Lockdown, which usually airs in April as a pay-per-view. I think last year it was like in March, or even maybe even um, uh, earlier than that. But you have you have it on in February. You have it in the beginning of February, and it was taped. So, 
my hope my hope is that we just don't see TNA making the same decisions on of another network. I mean that's that's what I don't want to see, but unfortunately it really appears as if that's happening. They're just making the same you know <laughs> unwise decisions on another network which at least with Spike, yeah, you had to promote Bellator, yeah, you had to promote other Spike TV affiliated programs, but at least you had a million viewers with Spike TV's, uh, you know, with 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 Spike TV's viewing of with their with their fan base of of, of the of the the station, at least you had a million viewers with. <laughs> With Destination America, you don't even have a quarter of that. So you can't make the same decisions having, you know, more than three quarters of your audience gone. So, and of course, as we see, if the same people, first of all, the the access to to Destination America is, is tough for many people. But it's not... So I think 54%, I think it was, I remember reporting it, but it was a while ago. I think 54% of households have Destination America. So that's still quite a few people. And uh, it, it's really it's really tough for me to, to, to really see TNA making the same decisions with just a different network. I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And unfortunately... I mean, you have you have things like you know Lucha Underground. That's really making a name for themselves. Uh, you know, Matt Taven. You know, said a lot of good things about ROH as far as uh, their you know kind of slow rise. And, and so you've you've it's gotten to the point again where TNA's not a exclusive number two promotion anymore. You just can't. I mean, TNA can't really rest on their loyals that they're the uh, number two promotion anymore. Uh, oh, contraire, mon frere. I, I don't know. You, you're having, you know, GFW making some amazing partnerships all around the globe, especially with, especially with New Japan with Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Wrestle Kingdom Nine was absolutely amazing. And so I, I liked it. I like the I like the striker commentary. Jim Ross on there was cool, although he didn't really seem too knowledgeable of the product. It was okay, just because he, you know, he's he's Jim Ross. One thing, one th- one critique I would give Jim Ross though is that uh, it's New Japan, it's New Japan doc. It's it's not. WWE. I mean, he made too way too many references to WWE on the show, and uh, you know he, he just kept comparing, <laughs> kept comparing, you know, things and moves and wrestlers to WWE wrestlers, and it's like, no, you can't, you can't do that. It's it's a a rival promotion, you know, in some sort, in many sorts, is a rival promo- promotion as far as a global uh, interest is concerned. New Japan is incredibly uh, popular, so just con- continue to compare them to WWE. Just kind of made me, it just kind of made made me seem like made it seem like he was kind of reminiscing a little bit, and 
which I which I wasn't a big fan of. But other than that, I think the duo was cool together. I think it was a, a cool type of experience with uh, with uh, Striker and, and and Jim Ross. And so yeah, I was I was a fan of the duo. I think with time, if they continue to announce uh, New Japan uh, shows from the American standpoint. I'm okay with it. I think them two together would continue to grow together and and be a really dynamic team. So kudos to that. Speaking of TNA, before we get into the WWE and before we bring Derek here on the line, uh, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is no longer with, with TNA, and he... Tweeted. He sent out a tweet today and and said, "Yeah, he's he's gone." So there's been some there's been some talks over the past over the past few years actually, as far as Samoa Joe's direction with TNA, him not being uh, very happy about his direction in TNA. Of course, those been rumors and, and different reports that he wasn't very happy with his direction, uh, which I, I'd imagine. Probably was one of the reasons why they decided to uh, put on the X Division title uh, to him, uh, and, and yeah, so it's it's definitely um, one of those things that do I see a WWE future with uh, with Samoa Joe? Honestly, I just really don't know. I I don't know what they would do with Samoa Joe. I, I just don't see where they could in, incorporate Samoa Joe and WWE programming. Uh, I I I just don't see it. And NXT, um, Samoa Joe and and Baron Corbin would make a fantastic feud. Uh, I would I would say that. The only thing with 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 Joe and Corbin is that you know with the smart fans that we have these days, Corbin is surprisingly very over even with the smart fans. But if you put him in the ring with someone like Joe, even if Joe is trying to be the the, the heel, uh, I still think that they may go ahead and <laughs> uh, and cheer for him. So they really need to to make. Joe a strong heel, so I think that would be uh, incredibly important for for him to do. So I see we got some people logging in the chat room. Uh, of course, we are wrestling dot net. Uh, whoa, how about that chat room? Uh, one of our um, that that name looks familiar from uh, <laughs> from shows like three years ago. So he's uh, uh, Toots is back. So how about that? Uh, cool. Um, cool reunion there so yeah so with that trivia is on deck i think i asked a trivia question last week that uh we never got back to i think the the toast of the coast who named yeah who was nicknamed the toast of the coast that was the question that was uh given last week but was never answered by anyone so who was nicknamed the Toast of the Coast? 
So yeah, that's that's the, uh, the the talk with with TNA as far as the the, the news, the the late breaking news. Of course, you can uh, see all of that on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. We give out uh, late breaking news, and of course, Real Wrestling dot net also gives late breaking news uh, by the by the minute. So check that out. And again, thanks thanks everyone who uh, supported uh, the JTG uh, uh, interview. I wrote an article about it on Bleach Report. It's received over seventy five thousand views and counting. So continue to support in that area. Thank you, <laughs> thank you seventy five plus thousand people who who uh, was interested to see the. Uh, the article and the interview, so I'm very thankful for that. So continue to support. Real quick before we get into some Raw talk, SmackDown uh, was really good. I, I think it was one of the better SmackDowns that I've seen in quite some time, only because, well, I would say primarily because of the concept, of, uh, the tag team turmoil concept being Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I think it was a fantastic booking. I tweeted about it. Uh, at Crave Wrestling, I tweeted about it that night, I believe, either Thursday or Friday. Uh, excellent booking. It was ex- excellent booking because it really did a good job protecting Roman Reigns as a face. And I was paying attention to the crowd. It actually helped Roman Reigns as a face because it was more of a respect thing that was earned between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan that you know wasn't really there. And them going through the gauntlet of of tag teams, and uh, it was it was a really it was really good good booking. They kind of sabotaged that on Raw from what we saw on Raw, which I, I was just very unhappy with with what I saw on Raw as far as them being them fighting again. I mean, it, they they should have an angle where they they gain the respect of each other. And here's the thing. If they wanted to make a, a triple threat match, they could have Rollins and J&J Security or the Authority or anybody come and beat them both up. Vince or someone come in and say, well, I have both of them in the triple uh, in the match at WrestleMania. Or if Roman Reigns was going to win, somebody could have helped, you know, Daniel Bryan lose, could have assisted in that loss, and that could have launched... Uh, you know, a match uh, at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan and whomever, or the other way around, someone could have helped Daniel Bryan just, you know, unintentionally. So there there could have been different ways to, to do this instead of just making them mad at each other and fight each other. Just, I mean, the whole respect factor leading into Fastlane was a really good angle, and we saw it on SmackDown, but we didn't really see it on Raw, and I was... Upset. So we're going to get into raw talk. We'll be right back right after this. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We Bring what are you got. here. We are live. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. 
the whole squad is making it clear we taking this year you know who we are but you don't know why we here so this is where the big boys play these big boys play like who defies the living god get out the big boys way outsiders with the swoop in we live as kings you seeing us but our third man waits in the wings and when the time is right we shock him with the proper attack i go for dolo but ain't solo cut the promo in black hollywood hendrix prizzle pinning them to the max and i'm that's one with the strength of a hundred men With one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself But you rap about your gaps and your rags torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space, you can all skate Suffer but never cripple No bin walls in my cross face From here to Saturday raving Anticipating, I was frostbit Now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and Alabama, we jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating, me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah The Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag Before we do battle, you're talking sheep You all what you speak, this too sweet Till the number is took back We repping that work pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that, trust in God We trust, pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power on, on the race Edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move, too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming. Donner Brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are live. This is live. 151 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And I'm excited to continue with 151 more and 151 after that, 151 after that. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be Odin Gray with pancakes and power slams. And it's also... Awesome to have Derek on the show as always. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek is in the house. Of course I'm in the house. What's Pancakes and Power Slams without Derek? The correspondent of Pancakes and Power Slams has been here since day one, technically. But uh, we're in 151. This is, I mean, if this was alcohol, 151 is the what you go for. I mean, this is... The cream of the crop tastes like garbage, but it's going to light you up. That's it. It's rocket fuel. That's what Pancakes and Power Slams is. We are the new Tuesday Night Titans. We say it all the time. 90 minutes is never enough. We've got so much to cover. Trivia. This is Chris Featherstone. This is Derek, the Raw Correspondent, former Raw Correspondent, now Pancakes Correspondent. I keep saying that. I keep saying I'm the Raw Correspondent. Just It fits so well. Yeah, you were the you were the, you were the Raw correspondent like two years ago. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's yeah. but you still say it. <laughs> yeah, you got a you got a promotion like two years ago, Derek. I got a promotion. Raw, pretty much for the most part, is still the epicenter of wrestling universe. But um, yeah, I've moved up in the ranks. I've grown up. I'm the big boy now. But uh, hey, we've got yeah. a lot of wrestling about. We've got Monday Night Raw coming up. And uh, it, the Raw last night was, eh, it was 
it was okay. And you mentioned about oh, the the Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns just got mad at each other and fight. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the match at Fastlane. I'm really looking forward to Fastlane itself. I think it's gonna. So far, they've built it to be a pretty decent build to uh, WrestleMania. But uh, their match in general, it's kind of it could go either way. I think we know what way it's going to go. But it's a, it's a different spin. But uh, we got Monday Night Raw to talk about starting out. John Cena comes out. Chris Featherstone, what happens next? And of course, the, the John Cena music comes on, and uh, I thought, like, oh, yeah, I figured <laughs> the, you know, like I said, we talk about all the time, the first 20 minutes of Raw is either John Cena, the authority, or both. And, of course, that was proven to be correct with John Cena coming out, as you said. Interrupted by Rusev and Lana. And as opposed to last week when when Rusev had the better of John Cena on the stage, John Cena had the better of Rusev this week. And he went into, like, thugonomic Cena again, which I was okay with because there was something about that thugonomic Cena that we saw yesterday that brought me back, like, 10, 12 years. And I just all of, all of a sudden thought of, so, you think you're untouchable. And you just, just word life, thugonomic Cena came back, and it was really cool. Uh, but... That's all we're going to see with that. We probably won't ever see that again. It was probably something that he weren't, wasn't supposed to do, but it just came out, you know, just uh, instinctively. He's like, I'm the champ, chump. And I thought that was pretty funny when he said that. Uh, but, you know, if rather we see that side of John Cena again, I doubt it, but it was it was cool to see a glimpse of it again yesterday. Yeah, it was good. And you see the old John Cena. I almost remember he made a music video probably 10, 12 years ago with uh, Mr. T. He was kind of like driving the uh, 18 van. Remember the 18, Chris? Yeah, I do. I do, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And uh, you know, I remember that. And he came out, and he had the big gold chain and everything on. I'm so glad he ditched that. I just, you know. Yeah. I can almost respect John Cena today. I'm not a Cena guy, but I can almost respect what he does. Don't go back to that. Whether he did it purposely or not, or it was just a whim or whatever, that's great. That's fine. But uh, keep John Cena the way you are because, you know, you're, your days are numbered, Mr. Cena. I mean, you've got uh, you've got yes. a, maybe a few more good years left in you, if that. But, yeah. uh I absolutely agree. Good. Absolutely agree. <laughs> His days are numbered for sure, and I and I do like, and I, I will say this: I I do like the fact that they're not making Cena, you know, more of the 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 big name attraction for WrestleMania anymore. I I do like that. Uh, I think when he uh, him and Rock main eventing at twenty eight was the really, you know, the last time that he really had that main event mania, you know, type of feel uh, with it when he beat Rock. So it, it really seemed like that was more of a passing the torch, and now it's time to go on. So, yeah, I mean, last year he went against uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good build at all, uh, but at least he went against somebody, you know, new and fresh. And then, you know, 
this year he's going against most likely Rusev. But it's like, you know, at least it's something different. At least it's not Cena just, you know, hogging the WrestleMania spotlight like he did so many times in the past decade. So I'm okay with that. As far as next year is concerned, I don't know. I, you know, I there's still there was still so much money that's uh, speaking of your unclaimed funds. We we see, you know people see a lot of commercials going on with unclaimed funds and and, and all types of web, websites are concerned. You want to you want to speak unclaimed funds. Unclaimed funds is the Cena Taker match that never happened at Mania. That probably won't ever happen at Mania now. Since Taker is, you know, just got sabotaged last year, and how this year's going, oh man, I wouldn't be surprised if if he put over Bray, and if he puts over Bray Wyatt, I mean, I understand how you want to make new stars. I get it, but they don't. And I've said this before with Taker, you don't have to beat Taker to be over. I mean, look at WrestleMania. Look at the WrestleMania lineage that he had. His first, as a matter of fact, real quick trivia question. Who was his first WrestleMania win? It's for you. Who was Undertaker's uh, first WrestleMania win? Jimmy uh, Superfly Snucker. Ah, how about that? You got it. Absolutely. Jimmy yeah. Snucker. So it was it was Snuka, you know Roberts. I knew this too. I, I knew all. I knew this whole lineup too, because I, I know the Royal Rumble. I know the runner-ups, and I knew all the Taker uh, opponents that he won too. I have to uh, I have to think about that long and hard uh, to to do it in order. But yes, yeah, Snuka Roberts. You know that was a good feud. Bundy. Um, you know, uh, and, and this as far as the people who were upcoming stars, like you know, like Mark when he went against Mark Henry in the casket match. You know, Mark Henry wasn't necessarily an upcoming star, but he was still someone who really need that. He needed a main event rub, and him going against Taker was perfect. Look at Orton. Orton wasn't even a, really a main event star at the time. And he went against Taker at Mania, and it was a really good match. And it was, you know, some close calls. And and uh, him losing to Taker was probably one of his, you know, best moments of of his career because that was such a, a good match with some close calls. And you know, Diesel, you know, was another good one. That uh, Diesel was a main event guy, but you know, that Taker rub was still um, important for him. Uh, you know, just of course, A Train. You know, was was uh, a taker victim as well, and so you know, you have so many people who went against Taker over the past you know twenty plus years, and who really benefited from the Taker rub, although they lost, and although you know Brock Lesnar is a huge, um, you know, a, a huge spot. <laughs> And, and, and the uh, and the canvas masterpiece of uh, of the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I mean, the, I don't I don't necessarily know. Of, of course, the the impact of Taker at Mania just depreciated so so much after last year. But if Taker has a couple left in him, 
you know, beat Bray. Bray will still be over because he went against the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And, I mean, you know, Taker Sting is still unclaimed funds. Taker Cena is still unclaimed funds. This is what should have happened with Taker. First of all, Taker and Brock didn't have to happen. Taker and Bray should have happened last year. Taker Cena this year. Because of course we weren't we weren't thinking that Sting was going to come around this time and be such a uh, impact in in WWE. So Taker Bray should have been last year, Taker Cena this year, and if Sting was available, Taker Sting la- next year, and that's it. That, that would have been a perfect perfect sequence of WrestleMania matches, but for some reason, Brock Lesnar was the shock factor. Almost a year later, it still turned out to be garbage. I mean, think about that, Derek. What did Brock Lesnar, the grand scale of things, almost a year later, what in the world did it benefit by Brock Lesnar beating Taker? How did it benefit at all? It really hasn't benefited at all. It just makes The Undertaker look like a schmuck in a way. And as Brock Lesnar did not need to beat The Undertaker to be as prevalent as he is now. I mean, he's got Paul Heyman. He is the champion. He's he's a champion that we've never seen before in the WWE as far as as long as he's had the title, his appearances are so spotted and in between. You just you don't know when he's going to show up, but when he does, it's like the biggest thing in the world. But it had nothing to do with The Undertaker losing to him at WrestleMania. It had absolutely right. nothing. So yeah, I totally agree. Lesnar had yeah. it. It doesn't. He's got a moniker. Oh, he beat the streak, but really, no one cares. And it's just it doesn't do right. anything to when I see Brock Lesnar. <laughs> exactly. You want to talk about your one behind the one twenty-one and one? Yeah, blah, blah blah blah. That is a byproduct of what Lesnar would have done in the first place. I mean, and you know what's so you know what's so sad about that? When Lesnar came back in 2012, his first match was at Extreme Rules against John Cena, and Cena won. So, hmm, not really a good sign of of just really their decision making. I understand, I understand. I get it, the wow factor, the shock factor. It was definitely without question the most shocking moment in WrestleMania history. I get it. But why can't you just let Taker win and just lay Taker out? I mean, why couldn't you just do that? Why couldn't you just lay him out, just make him just almost motionless in the ring, get him in a few F5s, and have the last word, which could have spawned a rematch if possible, you know, if Taker was up to it. Otherwise, Brock Lesnar still would have been dominant because, you know, Paul Heyman's such a a, a genius on the mic that he could have easily said, yeah, Taker got the win, but did you see what happened after, you know, the match is concerned? And they could have just continued to go to that clip, you know, I decimated the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, the Undertaker won. The streak, the streak goes on, but the concentration could have been the fact that he just laid Taker out, decimated him, and that could have been a good setup for the remaining matches that we saw throughout the year. Um, you know, last year. Or so, you know, I just don't. I think it was just a, a terrible, 
terrible idea uh, to to do that, uh, to really make the streak, to break the streak that way. And if Bray Wyatt beat the, to be honest with you, if Bray Wyatt beats the Undertaker, I don't, I still don't see how, I don't see how that will help Bray Wyatt's career. I just don't. I mean, Taker, like I said before last week or a week or two ago, you know, <laughs> last year's WrestleMania has left such a a really horrible, smelly stench. And uh, you know, on WrestleMania, Taker's career, especially his WrestleMania career, that he shouldn't do anything. First of all, but if he decides to come back, he needs to be on full-on recovery redemption mode. Full-on recovery redemption mode, because man, yeah, this what we what we're seeing. This the taker that we saw almost a year ago looked old and frail, and Lesnar just decimating him was was a horrible. <laughs> it was a horrible idea to, to to do that, but hey, you know, it was really really sad that he they decided to make that happen with with Taker and and, and Bray Wyatt beating him just uh, it, it won't do anything at all. So the toast of the coast is Buddy Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. Come on now. Buddy Roberts, toast of the coast. All right, so flavor of the week this week before we go to another trivia question is next two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to talk about, in honor of Black History Month, we're going to talk about some uncrowned world heavyweight champions who are black. Some un, some 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 uh, some African American uncrowned world heavyweight champion. So today we're going to talk about uh, Mr. JYD Junkyard Dog, and we're just going to take the past couple next couple weeks, this week and next week, just talking about you know two or two or so names as far as people who were so instrumental in pro wrestling over the past you know thirty forty thirty thirty five forty years. And but never won a, a a world title. And what I mean by world title, I'm talking about NWA, uh, WCW, WWE, the the three major promotions. Um, you know, people who were so pivotal in in wrestling, uh, but never won never won a world title. So. We'll talk about uh, JYD today, um, and also there's other names. If, if you if you, there's another name that that you want us to talk about, you know, next week, uh, Butch Reed is 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 another name that uh, we're going to talk about next week. But if if there's other names that we're gonna, you know, that you want us to talk about next week, which next week we're we're going to uh, concentrate a lot on Black History Month and uh, just the amazingness of of blacks and and, and wrestling. But as far as the flavor of the week is concerned, we're going to talk about uncrowned black world heavyweight champions. Uh, this week, JYD. Next week, Butch Reed. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll get into that at the end of the show. So, Derek, who were the members of the Wild Samoans? Who were the members of the Wild Samoans? Papa and Ziki. Uh, close enough. Sika. Alpha and Sika. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, close enough. All right, so back to the uh, back, back to Raw. We we get uh, Dean Ambrose defeating Luke Harper. You know, I, I'm cool with that. Uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting more and more okay with what we're seeing with with this feud going on with Dean Ambrose uh, with the Intercontinental Championship. And I, and I said it before. I think I said it on the show, but I definitely said it through Twitter and other wrestling outlets that I'm okay with what we're seeing. I'm okay with Ambrose chasing for the Intercontinental Championship. They're 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 causing, you know, they're, they're putting some interest in it. It just it just seems like he was just wandering nowhere, you know, in a desert all by himself with nowhere to go the past few months. Really, I mean to, to be honest with you, really after he broke up with the Shield, he feuded against Seth Rollins for a few months. Uh, by no means did he get the best of that feud. Then he feuded with with Bray Wyatt for a few months, didn't get the best of that feud. So, but really, the past six months, he's really been in two big feuds and lost both of them. And so, he's in a huge need of a, a gimmick, a kind of resurgence, character resurgence, from you know, uh, mo- mostly from a creative standpoint. I still don't think the the beater and and jeans, you know, is, is a good fit for him at all. But you know, I, him being with Barrett, him winning the Intercontinental Championship or at least going for the Intercontinental Championship, I think it's good because, to be honest with you, the past dozen years, you can't even really fill up your a uh, handful of of good, reputable Intercontinental Championship matches at WrestleMania. I remember, you know, Barrett and Miz was like a pre-show. You had the big show and Cody Rhodes that was thrown together. Um, I mean, as far as, as far as Intercontinental Championship matches that would have been really credible in the past at least, you know, seven or so years, there's not many at all. I would even say a decade. Haven't been really many at all. And I think Ambrose and Baird, you know, they had about six weeks to build this thing. Um, and so I think it actually, you know, closer to maybe, this has been going on for a couple of weeks, so closer to closer to two months to build this. And so I think it's a good consolation prize for Dean Ambrose fans for him winning, chasing, and winning the Intercontinental Championship. So it's a decent spot for him. It's a decent spot, and I'm glad about it for both contenders. The thing about Dean Ambrose, I really wish that he would get back to more of his wrestling style. He comes out more of a brawler. And uh, yeah. you know, I've personally wrestled, and you know he's wrestled in the past as far as like actual wrestling. He can, I mean, he's... He comes out as a brawler. I want him to get back to more of the, the hold, the scientific part of it, because he's got that in him. He knows he can do it. He can do it. I've seen it personally, and, I mean, everyone's seen it. But the past you know, few months, he's, ever since, like, the show broke up, he's just been kind of like a brawler, throwing punches and kicks. I mean, Ambrose can really make the most of everything. Just have one match where you just really show your scientific wrestling skills. Do that you'll be such a more legitimate force. And with the Intercontinental Championship of Wade Barrett, I, that is, I'm, I'm really excited for the match. I think it's, I hope it's absolutely wonderful. It's great. 
And of course it will be because I mean both of them can they can throw down they can perform they can show. So it's I mean the whole feud itself I like and I like uh, the direction it's going in. It's going to be hard to pick a winner, but overall I mean it's, it's I'm Ambrose just needs to stop hitting punching so much. He needs to keep his cool. I mean he flips out too much and just results to punch and kicking. Hey, hey you've got the skills in you. You can do it. Just. Uh, Keep going the pace. Absolutely. Who starred in the movie Body Slam? Next trivia question. Who starred in the movie Body Slam? Next we have my boys. New Day defeating Golden Stardust. Um, you know, and I was waiting for the turn. We saw, you know, Dust there, my boy. Uh, Piper and Alpha. Good job, chat room. That is the correct answer. I saw my boy Dusty, Dusty Rose, giving a pep talk to his boys Cody and Dustin. And he said, get, you know, get your hand in the game and stay together. Uh, but, of course, I knew this was a prelude to a turn, and we saw it. We saw the turn. And finally, finally, you know, they're about two or three years <laughs> uh, delayed, but finally we're going to get, you know, Cody versus Dustin, Goldust versus Stardust, however you, however you want to put it. Finally going to see Brother versus Brother at WrestleMania. Long overdue. And, you know, we saw it last week. We saw it last night with the turn. And then, you know, Cody going to Dusty Rhodes um, and, and saying that, you know, my father's dead, blah, blah, blah. I like what they're doing. Uh, you know, so uh, Cody does a good job really working his character. And, you know, Goldust versus Stardust, there's some there's some emotion with it. And I think that it will be a good match at WrestleMania. It'll be a great match. and I mean, they've got a lot invested in this. I love the tag team. I hate to kind of see them break up because it's just, you know, you would have thought, you know, 15, 17 years ago when Goldust debuted, it was uh it was twenty years ago, nineteen ninety five. That uh he would be back in twenty fifteen, still prevalent in the WWE and uh do you know have his uh, kid brother Cody they're gonna wrestle each other. And he would have thought that. That gold dust. I mean he was such a bizarre person. I'm in, I'm so happy just to see him still, you know, on the card and pay per views and whatnot. But Honestly, this was uh, it was a good run. I'm excited to see this. It was great to see Dusty Rhodes back involved with it. it just kind of adds to the to the angle. So good for that, and it's yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to it. It's done. You know, like you said, it's been kind of late. It's going to been happening, but it's happening now. So let's get ready for it. Absolutely. Uh, for some reason, uh, Stump the host uh, appeared. Uh, Stump the host uh, just I guess magically appeared. Someone's asking me a, a question from the uh, from the chat room. Would wrestlers start in would wrestlers start in the John Carpenter movie They Live? Uh, that would also be Roddy Piper. So uh, there you go with that. Um, so yeah, New Day. You know, the, defeating the New Day. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what they're going to do with New Day. To be honest with you, but. 
you know, I'm just going to ride the wave of the new day until, you know, until they just decide to turn someone or just make them jobbers. Um, but for for now, they're winning matches, and so they don't they have very little to no reaction from the from the crowd. I I was actually at at Raw last week, and uh, oh man, uh, I know the people who are around me. Ah. Uh, but the people around me was quite lame, to be honest with you. They, they weren't fun at all. I was, I had kind of like executive seats on the floor, like in this area with about five of us. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of, kind of boring, you know, as far as being around them. But like I said, like I said last week, I ended up making a lot of people laugh because. I was just chanting just random names of 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 wrestlers that people kind of forget about um over the years and so it was quite funny but uh from what I told I got tweeted that there was another section um somewhere else in the in the arena that uh, was uh, the the a buddy of mine who was there as well the section that was around him uh they were they were new day fans as well so at least I'm not alone. I told a good friend of mine who I was with. I said, you know, I'm the number. I'm the best. I'm the biggest New Day fan because I'm the only New Day fan, and so I'm glad to know that uh, that is not the case. There's other New Day fans, and maybe, just maybe, we will all decide to we will all decide to start a revolution. So. I'm uh, totally, totally for that. Uh, what wrestler start in the start in the Predator? This is not Stump the Host, but I'll answer these questions still. Uh, Jesse the Body Vrantira was uh, in uh, the Predator. Um, that was uh, an Arnold Arnold movie. So um, the questions, uh, the, the questions going on here. The next trivia question for. Uh, the 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 listeners is what year did Trish Stratus debut in the WWE? What year did Trish Stratus debut in the WWE? Next we have uh, Roman Reigns defeating Kane, um, and then Dolph Ziggler defeating Seth Rollins by DQ, and and what was sandwiched in between those two was Paige defeating Summer Rae. The the the, the <laughs> Uh, the 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 segment with Paige was super cool for many reasons, but um, yeah, I think it, I think it added more of a personality, more of a layer. Took brought some lightness in the the dark page that we see. It was really cool. As far as Reigns and Kane is concerned, it was, for, it was count out win. Kane is just such a jobber these days. I mean, I really don't understand the. I mean, I understand that he's a heel and they want to put younger talent over, but good job, 2000, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't see much of a much of a a spot for for Kane really right now. I mean, there's other heels that can really kind of fit that mold and the authority. You know, I'm sure Sheamus a turn. I think Sheamus would be a good heel for the authority. Uh, them, you know, pushing Luke Harper and I just not having him be thrown around. I think Sheamus and Harper would be two better options than Big Show and Kane. So, 
especially Kane, man. I mean, this corporate Kane crap. I mean, this is just uh, this is just an atrocity. This this makes absolutely no sense. And Kane stepping in the ring with anybody uh, this this time this point of his career, almost everybody who wrestles against Kane is an eyesore. Uh, to me, it's an eyesore. I mean, I understand that you're having Roman Reigns, you know, go over notable heels, veteran heels. I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not totally, I don't totally disagree with it from that standpoint. But that person that is putting people over being Kane, uh, I don't know. The, the now he's put back, put put the mask back on. Have a you know send off few months, you know right now they're feuding. Right now they're having animosity between him and Show. Put the mask back on. Go against Show at Mania. Both of them, that's their last match. That that would be perfect for me. Uh, until then, uh, spare me, Kane, please. Spare me, Kane, please. Sounds like a rhythm and blues song. Spare McCain, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, Kane, I, stop. Don't use him anymore. You're ruining. You've already ruined everything I thought about Kane. Uh, Kane, back in the day, remember he used to have the voice box up against his throat? Yeah. I will get you. I mean, yeah. Kane supposed <laughs> to have like a big, smelly face that was disgusting and gross. And he's not that bad of a looking guy. But uh, Kane, I mean, I can see why he's there, and they use Kane. Good for Kane. For him personally, he has had a career that anybody can fathom. I mean, yeah, it's not been the best as far as championships go, but he's prevalent. He has been there. He is Monday Night Raw. He's been on Monday Night Raw for I don't know how many years, SmackDown. He is a mainstay. He's done his business. He's done his job. But, yeah, they make him look yeah. like a, a joke. Same thing with Big Show. But, I mean, they're they're doing their thing and they do what they do. But uh, it's like, yeah, you see Kane. All right, what's he going to do now? Who cares? Big deal. He's probably going to yeah, lose. Who's he going to lose to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's he going to lose to now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tatsu's back. They, they they decided to bring Yoshitatsu back. Who's he going to beat in his debut match? Kane. Yeah, they decided to bring Funaki back. Who was he going to beat in his debut match on his return? Kane. Yeah, they decided yeah. to bring. <laughs> they Dugan. decided to bring the Brooker Brawler back. Yeah, they decided. Right, they decided to bring Dugan back for for one night. Who was he going to beat on his return? Kane. Yeah, they decided to bring Brooklyn Brawler back uh, because they had a Raw in Brooklyn in honor of the NBA playoffs. Who are they going to beat? Have Brooklyn Brawler beat Kane? I mean, that's basically how it feels to me because, I mean, Kane, he's just such a whore. And the thing is, I'm a Jericho Mark. Everybody knows I'm Jericho Mark. I got so upset that Jericho would just lose all the time. But, hey, nothing, nobody has nothing compared to Kane. Uh, I think I had some stats last year that uh, I think I started – I think I'll start saying the stats like uh, probably August or September, and at that time he's won he won like two or three matches the entire year at that time, and so it was like 
absolutely just horrible, man. How in the world could you have Kane winning less than a handful of matches in one year's time? And he's, you know, there's 52 Raws every week, you know, in a year. There's 52 SmackDowns in, 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 you know, in a year, 52 main events and superstars and, you know, all the uh, tele- all the television and WWE Net- Network um, content that you have, programs that you have, and Kane won like five or so. I mean, probably ten or so towards the end of the year. I lost count because I got so disgusted. So that's quite an embarrassment. I mean, quite the embarrassment. Next question. Uh, what? Uh, this is this is a, a pretty pretty tough question. Who did Chris Jericho beat? At No Way Out 2002. Who did Chris Jericho beat at No Way Out 2002? Next we have uh, Dolph Ziggler defeating Seth Rollins by disqualification because of interference by J&J Security. And then Rowan and Ryback makes the save. I got a funny feeling that we're going to see a a six-man tag team match at Fastlane. I don't quite know if I want to see this at Mania though. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of Ryback. I like Ryback a lot. Of course, I like Ziggler a lot. Rowan is still growing on me, but I, I like the fact that they're still giving him an opportunity. I don't know if I want to see this at Fastlane. I'm okay with. At Mania, no, because using Ryback and Ziggler in a six-man match at Mania is such a wasted spot for both of them. I really hope that they decide to do something better with uh, Ryback and Ziggler at Mania. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to our fast. We'll get to our fast lane predictions at the end of the show. Uh, it may be we we may be seeing uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. Uh, yes, Stone Cold. Good job, chat chat room. Um, yes, we we may be seeing Cesaro and and Kid going to Mania as champs. I don't know. We'll we'll find out at Fastlane, and we'll find out what we think of the of the prediction uh, part of the of the show coming up here soon. But uh, I mean, right back and Ziggler going for the tag titles. Um, you know, I think that could be booked decent uh, if they, you know, if the authority is trying to find every way for them to, um, for them to not be in, in the, in the limelight, for them to get, um, for them to continue to step on and, and hold them down and end up winning the tag team titles. Uh, you know, I think that could possibly work, but a three-way match would just be totally just ridiculous. I won't find any <laughs> anything with that. And I, like I said before, uh, I put put on my Facebook page. I might post it up on the Craig Wrestling page. I was doing a little bit of commentary when I was at Raw, and I said J and J Security. I, I was a big fan of J J. I was a fan. I wasn't a big fan. I was a fan of J and J Security in the very beginning because I'm a you know I'm all about just. Old, you know, veteran talent, not old, but old as far as tenured and veteran seasoned talent 
getting another opportunity. That's why I liked Rikishi. Um, kudos to him being the hall, uh, being inducted in the Hall of Fame, by the way. That's why I liked Rikishi because he he went through so many different gimmicks trying to find his niche gimmick, and he finally found it in Rikishi. But you know, people like Joey Mercury, Jamie Noble. You know, Mercury was you know did he, he found well, some tag team success with Eminem. Jamie Noble, you know, him and Nidia, Cruiserweight success, but he never really was a big star. So at least they're getting, uh, you know, main event spots. At least they're getting, you know, big spots. And they actually, both of them actually help in the the creative team now. But I'm okay with that. But now now it's just kind of, to me, it's kind of running its course as far as them just continuing to, to jump on people and getting beat up. They're stooges. They're stooges of Rollins, and I just wonder how long that'll last before people are like, "Okay, why are they even security?" Because at this point, they need security. So I really don't see, I really don't see much life in J and J security. Although I like them, although you know, I, I, I want to see them. You know, I'm glad they got a spot. You know, they need security because they get beat up so much. Uh, they get their own security. They get beat up horribly. I agree with you. I like to see the, uh, I don't want to say old-timers, because they're not really old-timers yet, but uh, for them to come back, have their second light, and it, it's fun, and it makes for a great TV when you just see a, things on Monday Night Raw just don't go that well. I mean, they're, it's fun, but you just don't have that same thing you had you know, 10, almost 20 years ago. The spontaneity. It's mm-hmm. great to see an old face with the new thing. And uh, I'm excited to see that. Rikishi going into the Hall of Fame. That's great. I love that just as well. It just reminds me that, you know, it's been that long that we saw a stink face. But it's been that long that yeah. uh, we've also seen Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury. And it's a, it's a way of life, a circle of life in wrestling. You just. You see them, you love them, you forget about them, they come back, you love them again, and you just want to see that. So, I mean, that's what's great about wrestling. Same thing with the NFL in a bit, but anyway, we've got a lot to cover. Still more. Let's go, Chris Featherstone. Absolutely. Was uh, either of them uh, in the developmentals when you were wrestling down there? Oh, yeah, Jamie Noble. He, he was awesome. I loved working with him. He showed me a few moves in the ring. We were, uh, it was in uh, Fort Campbell, Tennessee. And uh, there's probably about 5,000 people that showed up. He wrestled in the main event. But, uh, I mean, he was really cool backstage. We talked a little bit. Uh, he was calling me Gopher for a long time. And then he just uh, decided, hey, what's your first name? I told him, hey, I'm Derek. Hey, what's up, Derek? All right. Hey, here's this money. Give us this much beer and blah, blah, blah. So I was able to get him uh, the beer that he uh, wanted to uh, hand out to everybody else. But it was a big show. It was great. He was very respectful and kind. And uh, he was a, he's a class act. I'm really glad to see him really still be on the WWE roster and be on Monday Night Raw because uh, he had a big impact on my life, and it was very great. Yeah. I was really happy when he won the ROH World Championship. That was uh, He was James Gibson at the time. And uh, yeah, I I was really happy when he did that when Arlo gave him a shot and had had him win the world uh, the world championship. I think that was a a great idea for them to do. 
All right, let's let's uh, wish through this here. Next trivia question, real quick, before we go to the next part. Who was the sixth member of the NWO? Who was the sixth member of the NWO? Next, we get a Triple H talking Sting in the ring, confronted by Ric Flair. Eh, I mean, you know, that was something to be expected. I was glad that they decided to get Flair in the mix uh, because I think him being added in the mix with Sting and Triple H was a good, um, is a good, a good element just because he has ties to both of them, and I think it was a good idea to to do that. Um, uh, like I said, man, I really I love this Triple H and Sting build. I absolutely love it, love it, love it. And I think this was really, from top to bottom, one of the best builds that the WWE has done in really the past decade. I mean, this is a real – and the thing is, they are doing a fantastic job by protecting the mystique of Sting. Now, Fastlane's coming up on Sunday. I really hope, I really hope they don't do the horrible beat-up-on but ineffective baby face gets laid out and taken out before the pay-per-view. I just, I despise that. And especially with people who need to protect their mystique. And Sting, the thing is, Sting don't have to be touched. I mean, similar to uh, 97, when he didn't say a word for a year uh, and ended up, you know, going against Hogan and Starcade that year in December and beating him. Uh, you know, awesome build, kept his mystique, and he won. He didn't have to get laid out or anything crazy like that. You know Sting's going to put. You know Sting's going to go over Triple H. Just ride the wave. People are saying we want Sting. They love it. They love the whole. They love the whole build. And so by having him seem vulnerable. To make it seem like okay, will he lose against Triple H? No, I don't, there's there's no point of that. There's no point of doing that. Protect the Sting, protect his mystique, make him as strong as possible. This is probably his only match ever in the WWE, so you might as well make it as strong him. You might as well make his name and his gimmick and his character and his mystique as strong as possible, because this is probably the only. The only time we'll see Sting in the ring at WrestleMania. It's the only time you ever see him in WrestleMania. And for me, I'm not a Sting geek. I never was. But I am so psyched about this. I know who Sting is. I know his credibility in wrestling. I mean, I would geek out if Sting walked in front of me. I mean, but in the past, and I've told you, I'm not a Sting guy. Never have been. But this is something that this WrestleMania. You're invited. You're, you're invited, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you're invited well, to be a Sting guy. Cool. Door's always open and, for you. And that's great, and I'm walking in. I am walking in because, <laughs> nice. again, I know who Sting is, and I know that this is the rest, This is WrestleMania. That is what is going to make WrestleMania. you got the Roman Reigns and the Brock Lesnar. If that happens, you don't know what's going to happen in the fast lane. But anyway, this is you – know, I'm excited about this. It's Sting. I mean, forget about it. I know who Sting is. I love Sting. Yes, sir. I'm not a Sting guy, but I do. But now I am, cause just for the fact that I know who he is. So it's uh, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm 
excited for. It's going to be awesome, Chris. That's awesome, man. That's awesome to hear from you, especially over the past three years, how much you said against thing, and now to to know that you're turning over a new leaf, man. It's 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 good I'm to hear. Turning, it's really good to hear. I'm not turning over a leaf. I always knew who he was. I was just was never a big sting guy, but to see just knowing his history, his past, seeing him in WWE. For crying out loud, I mean, it's something that, you know, this is once in a lifetime. Yeah. Indeed it is, man. All right, let's uh, let's go through. We have, uh, again, sixth member of the NWO is the question on deck right now. Uh, and we get an extension beating up Darren Young and a job, and then O'Neal coming back. I like this. I mean, uh, primetime players, long overdue. They both were doing absolutely nothing alone. I, I still don't understand why they broke him up in the first place. It was a horrible idea. Uh, you know, suspected there, there was some promise and uh, uh, nope, so far not the correct answers. Um, but uh, you know, some promise of, of, of him being a, a dominant heel, I get it. But bringing back, bringing back the primetime players was certainly a good idea. Or, or potentially bring them back, because I think Darren Young said something about he don't know if he's going to forgive him the backstage interview after. But, you know, yeah, I'm okay with the primetime players against uh, the Ascension. Yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, the Ascension, I mean, they haven't really done anything that's made me that happy. I was kind of hoping the New Age Outlaws right. would have beaten them to a pulp. But, yeah, there are a whole bunch of gaps nah. left behind yeah. Uh, we talked about Bad News Baird against uh, and Ms. Dow, you know, as far as that's concerned with Ambrose. Uso and Naomi and Kid and Natalia. We'll talk about that fast lane real quick. Showing Daniel Bryan, uh, beats Daniel Bryan by uh, DQ as a result of uh, Reigns Superman punching Big Show. And then uh, uh, Reigns and Daniel Bryan get into a fight after the match. We talked about that as well as far as the fighting that's going on with, with Reigns and, and, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, Flavor of the Week is coming up. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, for the week, uh, Junkyard Dog, my boy, JYD. Uh, man, there's so many awesome stories that I have with JYD. I was told, and and the thing is, we'll, we'll talk more about JYD next week. Um, but I was told that I met JYD uh, before. Um, Alive, so I don't know how true that is, but it, it just sounded. It seemed really cool. It, it seemed really, really cool that I had an opportunity to meet him live. But man, he is uh, to me. He is the number one black uncrowned world heavyweight champion. He, he's had so many awesome feuds. He was such. He was the man in mid south. Got some good feuds with uh, uh, Ric Flair in the NWA. Oh, 
Greg Valentine, you know, feud uh, with Greg Valentine and the WWE, and he, oh, he, he he was such the quintessential. He was so over with the thump and the wiggle, and just the the kids just loved him. Why didn't this guy win a world championship, Derek? I honestly don't know. I totally agree. I loved. I mean, it was like there was Mr. T and there was the Junkyard Dog. And for me, Junkyard Dog trumped all. I knew he was so, I mean, he was (laughs) early WWE, you know, and it was the Mid-South and everything. It was a Junkyard Dog. I mean, you had his action figures. I did. I had the one where you'd stick their thumb Mm -hmm. in their backsides and they were like thumb wrestlers. Yep, I had that one too. (laughs) (laughs) I had that one too, buddy. (laughs) I had Hulk Hogan. I had all those guys. But, I mean, Junkyard Dog, I mean, forget about it. I remember him with Rock and Wrestling, the Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, he was – I absolutely loved Junkyard Dog. I missed the height that he had. He was totally – I was always on his side when he came out to the ring. And he was yes. he was the bomb. I loved him. I absolutely loved that guy. Absolutely. So let's get into predictions. We will be right back. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. All right, real quick. There's seven matches scheduled for Fastlane. Uh, there's been uh, there's there's been a few matches uh, that were confirmed through today and yesterday. Uh, one of be- one of them being Seth Rollins against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I have I have Rollins winning this one. I have Rollins winning. That sucks because I like Dolph Ziggler a lot. But yeah, Rollins definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Stardust versus Goldust. I have Stardust winning this one. I think something else is going to happen that's going to lead into uh, WrestleMania. I, I got Stardust winning this one. Yep, that's a good prediction. Uh, Stardust all the way, I totally believe. Yep. I've got Kid and Cesaro beating the Usos for the Tag Team Championship. Yes, I do too. A good analogy. It's going to work. I got Barrett beating Ambrose some type of sliding sliding way uh to lead it to WrestleMania. Um uh Barrett for now. Or Ambrose losing by disqualification or something like that. Barrett for now, I can see that, and uh, Ambrose is going to have the final toast. Real quick. Uh I got uh, Reigns winning. Totally. Page win- Page winning? Yeah, I'm sure, I guess. Might as well. Uh and- I got Cena beating uh, uh, Rusev some way. Hey, he'll win. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.